A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Murder Mile, a true crime podcast, an audio-guided walk featuring many of London's untold, unsolved and long-forgotten murders, all set within and beyond the West End. Today's episode is about a drug called TGN-1412. Successfully tested on animals, eight healthy human test subjects were selected for a very routine trial with all of the necessary safety measures in place. But within just a few hours of the drug being administered, six of the eight would be fighting for their lives. Murder Marley's research used an authentic sources. It contains moments of satire, shock, and grisly details. And as a dramatization of the real events, it may also feature loud and realistic sounds, so that no matter where you listen to this podcast, You'll feel like you're actually there. My name is Michael. I am your tour guide. And this is Murder Mile. Episode 123. The Elephant Men of Northwick Park. Today, I'm standing in Northwick Park, just outside Harrow as we're three miles north of Ultra Electrics, where Reg Christie met Muriel Eady. Six miles northeast of Alice Gross's memorial at Lock 97. Four miles northwest of the last gasp of Peter Buckingham. And three miles northeast of the MI6 fantasist, who used love to prey on the lonely. Coming soon to Murder Mile. This is the Northwick Park Hospital. Opened in 1970, Northwick and St. Mark's Hospital is a foreboding, glass-and-steel-fronted facility encircled by a ring road and dotted with greenery, as each box-like building is connected by a series of dark skyways. Covering over half a square mile, Northwick Park Hospital has a department to cover almost every medical emergency, such as maternity, neurology, paediatrics, maxiofacial, haematology and virology, as well as an accident and emergency, and conveniently, an intensive care unit. Since its inception 50 years ago, it's had a bit of an odd history. Simon Le Bon, the lead singer of Duran Duran, was a porter here. It was a location for the comedy series Greenwing, a scene for Faulty Towers, and a brutal part of the horror film The Omen. Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet 
was treated here whilst fighting extradition for murder and torture. And then it became infamous for the Elephant Men. Like many hospitals, a key part of its research and funding involves clinical testing. 732,000 participants take part in a clinical trial across the UK every year, with roughly 5,000 of those trialled at Northwick Park. Every medicine you've ever taken, from herpes to HRT, acne to angina and bilious to bummage, was tested on healthy human volunteers in a clinical trial to ensure that it's safe. That little piece of paper inside your pack of pills, which we all toss away without even reading, lists every side effect of the drug. Many are minor, some are serious, but almost every symptom was discovered in the clinical trial on human volunteers first. These trials are not without risk, so the risk is minimized. But sometimes, mistakes do happen. As it was here, on Monday the 13th of March 2006, the TGN-1412 was first tested on humans. And although the drug was designed to save lives, it left six healthy young men moments from death. One of the primary goals of medical research is the elimination of cancer. In 1984, two biochemists, César Milstein and George Kohler, were awarded the Nobel Prize having developed a technique for creating artificial monoclonal antibodies, also known as MABs. Proteins which latch onto the surface of cells initiate a chemical reaction and stop the cells from dividing. In 2004, German pharmaceutical firm Tegenero were trialing a new map to treat leukemia, multiple sclerosis, and some autoimmune diseases. Its clinical designation was TGN-1412. Like many cancer drugs before it, TGN-1412 would latch onto the patient's T-cells, a key part of the immune system, and kickstart the body's own defenses into a heightened state. One positive being that MABs are less likely to be rejected by the immune system, but one negative is that it's hard to determine how toxic the drug might be to humans without conducting human trials. With the animal testing complete, Phase 1 of a three-phase trial would be carried out to determine the drug's toxicity. In a normal trial of a cancer drug, cancer patients would be the perfect volunteers. But as TGN-1412 was designed to stimulate the cancer cells instead of stopping them dividing, the study, as many clinical trials do, needed healthy patients who didn't have a weakened immune system. Roughly 25% of all drugs don't make it past phase one in a clinical trial. So accurate testing is vital. And to ensure its impartiality, 
the drugs companies themselves hand over the testing to an independent. Parexcel is an American biopharmaceutical service providing medical testing and clinical trials on behalf of its clients. To test a variety of drugs, including TGN-1412, Parexcel had leased a private wing on the second floor of Northwick Park Hospital, just above the ICU, which came complete with two wards, ten beds and a range of monitoring equipment. All they had to do for the trial was to supply their own medical staff and volunteers. It was no different to any other clinical trial. The drug was approved for human testing. The volunteers were vetted. It was administered in a clean and controlled environment by medical professionals and in accordance with a clear set of instructions by their regulatory body. Nothing should have gone wrong, but it would. In February 2006, eight volunteers were assessed at Northwick Park. All were healthy young men. Women are rarely used as experimental drugs can cause a risk to reproductive organs. All were aged between 19 and 34. They had no health conditions, they weren't on any medications, and being ethnically diverse, they included British whites, Indian Asians, British Asians, Africans, an Australian, a New Zealander, and a South African. Their medical histories were checked, and their bloods were screened. For the volunteers, it was a no-brainer. Having been injected with a drug, all they had to do was lie in bed for three days, eating food, watching telly, and being prodded by doctors. And having described their symptoms, they would be given £2,000. The hardest part of any clinical trial is the boredom. It's the waiting which hurts. So many trial veterans know to bring books and music, whereas many newbies tend to play pool or they learn to love watching loose women. Everyone had good reasons for being a human guinea pig. Rob Oldfield had returned from the US where he was training to be an actor and needed to repay a loan to his mother. David Oakley had done two trials before and needed to fund his upcoming wedding. Navneet Modi, known as Nav, had done two trials before and needed money to buy himself a flight back home to India, but he was too proud to ask his father. Raised Khan was a recent graduate between jobs. Ryan Wilson was a trainee plumber saving up for driving lessons. Mohammed Abdeladi, also known as Nino, was an Egyptian-born bar manager in need of some cash. And there were two other volunteers who were never identified, but their situation was exactly the same. At the pre-trial assessment, the warning signs were there that something wasn't right. The volunteers later stated, There was no, med there was no medical exam, no heart, no heart test, no, no listening to your breathing. You know, 
the normal things. The briefing should have lasted 30 to 45 minutes, as was done in 10. A doctor, I assume he was a doctor, he seemed very young, handed us a brick of papers and said, have a quick flick through these. If you've got any questions, ask me. They handed us a consent form and we signed it. Everything seemed rushed. In the briefing, the doctors reassured the volunteers that nothing would go wrong. As although this was the drug's first inhuman trial, they'd be given a safe dosage, scaled back 500 times. It would be carefully calculated to their body mass, and it would be administered in 10 minutes intervals. As for any side effects, the worst you'll get is a headache or nausea, which will be gone in a few hours. It seems safe, and it should have been. But a small mistake can have disastrous consequences. On Sunday the 12th of March, the night before, all eight men arrived at Parvexel's private ward on the second floor of Northwick Park Hospital. Split into two groups, David, Nav, Nino and Raced were in Trial Bay 1, with Rob, Ryan and the two unidentified volunteers in Trial Bay 2. By that point, Rob had overcome his nervousness. I was enjoying myself. It felt like a weird adventure. And Ryan the plumber was playing pool. That night was a bit of fun. There was the kind of vibe you'd get in a hostel. The atmosphere was relaxed. David had his books lined up ready to read. The Commonwealth Games was on the telly. And the eight men all ate the same pre-trial meal of cheese and crackers. In charge of the trial was Dr. Daniel Bradford, principal investigator for PowerXL. I had been involved in more than 300 trials when I was put in charge of testing a new drug, TGN-1412. As was standard practice, this was a double-blind randomized trial, meaning that six of the men would be given the drug, two would be given a harmless placebo to act as a control, and neither the doctors, the nurses, nor the volunteers would know who had been given what. The ward was medically scrubbed, the equipment was sanitized, and all of the syringes, cannulas, and IV drips were fresh out of the wrapper. But again, just like the pre-trial assessment, it all seemed a bit rushed. At 7.30 a.m., the volunteers were awoken. David was annoyed from the off. I like to wake up and have a shower. But there was no time for that, as the clinical team had a schedule of 10-minute intervals to keep. So I splashed my face with water, got back into bed, and they wired me up to the ECGs. David Oakley was patient 001. At 8 a.m. precisely, 
with the cannula needle inserted into his right arm. An automatic IV pump administered the clear liquid at a precise rate. Within six minutes, the syringe was empty, and David had begun reading his book as he prepared for a very dull day ahead. At 8.10 a.m., Nino, patient 002, received his dose in an identical manner. But weighing 14 stone, his higher dose of 8.9 milliliters was proportionate to his size. At 8.20 a.m., as patient 003, known as NAV, was injected, David experienced the most common side effect of any drug's trial. Unable to administer a painkiller and risk ruining the results, the nurse applied a cold compress. At 8.30 a.m., patient 004, known as Raced, was injected. By this point, David's headache was a full-blown migraine, which came in sickening waves and a pain he had never experienced before. Nino felt the same. I started to feel ill almost as soon as they had finished injecting me. But the trial didn't stop. At 8.40 a.m., as Ryan, patient 005, was injected, the wards echoed with slow moans and groans as one by one, all except for two of the human guinea pigs, succumbed to the same symptoms at 10-minute intervals. And those who had just been injected witnessed the horrors they still had in store. At 8.50 and 9 a.m., patient 006 and 007, the two unidentified men, were injected. As David later said, they could have stopped, they could have stopped and at least saved two of us. But they, but they didn't. Rob, patient 008, later said, the other two in the room were already suffering. It was having a massive effect on their bodies, but still the trial continued. And by 9.10 a.m., an hour after the first side effect was seen, it was only then that the trial was stopped. But by that point, everyone had been injected. Headaches became migraines, and Nino started to hallucinate. He said, I felt like I had rocks in my head. Bright colors flashed before my eyes, and I had a conversation with some imaginary person. Crippled with lumbar myalgia, the volunteers were doubled over as an intense pain gripped their lower backs, rendering every possible position as excruciating as the next. Gripped with rigors, their bodies violently shook like they had hypothermia. It was, it was like being dunked naked into the Antarctic. Only being soaked with sweat, they weren't freezing, they were boiling. As a rapid fever wrapped their blood, their immune system ran rampant and their core temperatures rose. Patients were bucking and burning, twisting and turning growing sicker by the second. Terrified of the torturous pain he was in, 
and still yet to experience. Nav tried to flee, screaming, I don't want the money anymore. I just want to get out. Only to convulse and collapse in a crumpled heap. The peaceful tranquility of the ward was replaced by the chaos of a war zone. Rapidly breathing, with panic screaming, nurses frantically dashed from patient to patient, being too few to attend to too many. With the men's insides spewing out of every orifice, sheets were soaked in an ooze of festering fluids. As unable to control their own bodies, hot spurts of urine sold the beds, Steaming streaks of diarrhea spattered the walls. And having eaten nothing since last night's meagre meal of cheese and crackers, many of the men bought a belita of green bile. So much, even the nurse was shocked. Dr. Bradford later said, They tumbled like dominoes. The wards were chaotic as they all went into shock. For that first hour, feeling a little anxious, hot, and unable to do anything but sit and watch, Raced and patient 007 had heard one of the doctors joke, well now we know who the controls are. Only by then, one terrifying thought must have crossed their minds. Did I get the placebo, or am I next? This very routine drugs trial had turned into a waking nightmare. But for the elephant men of Northwick Park, the nightmare had only just begun. The symptoms the men had experienced that morning were nothing in comparison to what would happen to them over the next five hours. Becoming hypertensive, their blood pressure dropped to dangerously low levels, as tachycardia shot their heart rates from a sedate 60 beats per minute to a suicidal 100, 150, and even 200 BPM. With their fever spiking, their temperatures should have been at about 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius but many rose to 107 Fahrenheit and 42 Celsius. Just a few degrees higher, and they would have been as good as dead. TGN-1412 was designed to kickstart the body's immune system to fight off infection and disease. But with no cancer cells to fight and their natural defenses in overdrive, the body started attacking itself. Having developed lymphopenia, an abnormally low level of white blood cells, and monocytopenia, a reduced blood cell count, their blood had stopped fighting infection and carrying oxygen to their vital organs. As every blood vessel in their weakened bodies became inflamed, with their red raw, sweat-soaked skin stretched taut like it was ready to rip, their purple lips bulged like botched batches of Botox, and even the daintiest of their little digits doubled in width. 
It was as if each man was being inflated from within. As inch by inch and limb by limb, the six sick men were swelling. And the swelling wouldn't stop. At 1pm, five hours after the crisis began, Dr. Bradford ran down two flights of stairs to the intensive care unit at Northwick Park Hospital and grabbed two of the first doctors he could find. Even without wading through to find the solution hidden in Parexel's paperwork, the NHS doctors had correctly advised Dr. Bradford to administer fluids, antihistamine and the steroid hydrocortisone. By 5pm, with the patient's screams now silenced, as the steaming swollen men slumped in exhausted heaps, an odd peace had descended over the day's chaos. But their nightmare was far from over. Two hours later, the dominoes began to fall. Ryan was the first. Struggling to breathe, his bloated body was dying and every organ was failing. Now fully under the guidance of the NHS doctors, Ryan was the first to be transferred to the ICU and one by one, the others would follow. At 8pm, Dr. Ganesh Santhalalingam, a highly experienced consultant for intensive care medicine at Northwick Park Hospital, was called in. And upon seeing the elephant men, having described his new patients as the sickest I have ever seen, the hospital declared a medical emergency. Flanked by specialists, wired to banks of monitors, and with tubes inserted into every orifice, machines performed almost every function for the weakened patients' bodies. Just after midnight, Dr. Suntha Lingam called his colleague, Dr. Nikki Panascaltis, the hospital's consultant hemato-oncologist. They both agreed. This was unprecedented. No one should ever get that sick that quick. But it can happen. It's called a cytokine storm. It's where the body's immune system attacks itself and it's an incredibly rare and almost improbable side effect of some blood cancer drugs. The solution was 1,000 micrograms of methylpredisnolone, a large dose of very strong steroids, and ironically, daclizumab, a monoclonal antibody, or MAB, which just like TGN1412, binds to the T-cell's receptors but makes them inactive. The drugs would take hours, if not days, to take effect. And with so much damage already done, the doctors didn't know who, if anyone, would survive. The patient's loved ones rushed to the hospital and were shocked by the sights that they saw. Ryan's mother witnessed her son 
all puffy because of the steroids. And the whites of the eyes were deep orange because of the toxins, which were slowly leaking from every pore in his distended body. Katrina, David's wife-to-be, said, His cheeks were swollen. His eyes were like slits. His face was round like a big red ball. And his stomach was so huge, so large, he looked deformed and disfigured. Mafanwi, Nino's partner, stated, The most shocking thing was seeing his lungs being pumped with air. He was covered in wires and tubes. His mouth was taped open, and he had a tube up his nose, drawing out this awful yellow gunk. When I saw him, I wanted to grab his hand, but there was nowhere to hold because it was covered in tapes and needles. His face had swollen horribly, and his head had ballooned to three times its normal size. It was a weird purple and yellow color, and his eyes were bulging. In a distressed state, she said, Nino had been left looking like the elephant man. And although it was an innocent comment, the tabloids ran with it, and by the morning, it was front page news. Two days later, as their fevers dropped and the swelling subsided, having regained consciousness, four of the patients were taken off life support. But Ryan and Nino remained critical. David later said, When I first went to the toilet by myself, I nearly passed out. I'd lost 13 kilos. We had no muscles. We were like 90-year-old men. It would take weeks for their organs to repair, months for the anemia to resolve, and for years afterwards, many were terrified of the risk of relapse, infection, and even cancer. They would all go on to live their lives as best they could. But for one, Ryan Wilson, the 20-year-old trainee plumber who was learning to drive, having suffered from pneumonia, septicemia, and dry gangrene, his fingertips fell off, and part of his foot and several toes had to be amputated. The investigation concluded that the drug had been injected into the patients within six minutes. That's ten times faster than it had been injected in the animal tests. An initial report by the MHRA, described by many as a whitewash, made 22 recommendations for future inhuman trials. But no one was found culpable as scientists couldn't explain why it had gone so badly wrong. Unable to cover the insurance, German pharmaceutical company Tegenero went bankrupt. And in 2009, Parexel settled out of court with all six volunteers receiving an undisclosed sum. In 2013, TGN-1412 was successfully trialled in Russia. In that trial, they used 0.1% of the antibody that was used in the Northwick Park trial 
and it was infused into their bloodstream 40 times slower. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Murder Mile. If you like cake and tea, and you'd love to learn more about this case, please do join me after the break. But before that, here's a brief promo for a true crime podcast, which may very well be the cherry on your Bakewell tart. Mmm. Hello, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan, the host of Just the Tipsters, America's favorite true crime podcast, because people are awful and kill each other. Hi, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan, host of Just the Tipsters, America's favorite true crime podcast. Have you ever wanted to kill someone? Hey, oh, tipsters. This is Melissa Morgan, host of America's favorite true crime podcast, Just the Tipsters. And what makes Just the Tipsters America's favorite true crime podcast? It's because I said so. That's why. That's okay, right? I can say that. I mean, guard! Just the Tipsters with Melissa Morgan is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Stitcher, the Radio.com app, and wherever pods are cast. Subscribe, rate, review. You'll be glad you did. A big thank you to my new Patreon supporters many of whom are enjoying the very exclusive podcast series called Walk With Me and shh, it's a secret for a very select group of patrons a second secret podcast series called Deadly Thoughts This week's new patron supporters to thank are Michael Anderson, Lainey, Kirsty Hewitt, Linda Bond and Beth Steele I thank you for your support, and I hope you enjoyed your goodies. Plus a special thank you to Nayo, an anonymous friend, and Cecily Ostergaard for your kind words and donations via the supporter link in the show notes. That's very much appreciated. Murder Mile was research written and performed by myself, with the main musical themes written and performed by Eric Stein and John Books of Cult With No Name. Thank you for listening and sleep well. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fucking hell. Jesus, that was bloody horrible. Yep, that was a long record. Do the sleep now. <laughs> oh god. Hey everyone. Oh god, that was hard. By the time it's all edited together, you'll you you'll be like, oh well, that didn't seem hard. He seemed to fly through that because everyone seems to think that the record just goes whew, just whizzes through in one easy blast. It's not. And that was really difficult because we had words like lymphopneumonia, cytopenia, Dr. Ganesh Sunthara Lingam. Dr. Nikki Panoskalitsis, hemato-oncologist, methleprenodotus, fucking ridiculous, uh, daclizumab, as, as well as mono, monoclonal, God, that was a nightmare. I'd even rehearsed these as well. I've got a little list in front of me of, of all the words that I need to remember and pronounce and i've got a script in front of me and it's still a nightmare this is this is gonna take bloody ages to edit anyway welcome to extra mile this is the unedited bit uh if uh, um just to say um uh there's an extra thing that i don't normally mention that i've started doing on the patreon thing as well which is outtakes which people seem to like because you know i never re- really play the outtakes but there's uh sometimes things are quite funny you know uh, you know i get annoyed by things and I, I i make it like a little reel of like three minutes and it's not all the outtakes it's just the bits that i think could be quite interesting so uh i'm i'm not too sure that i think that's like the 10 the 10 dollar patron and above i think that's they're the outtakes uh but that's that's like not regularly but it's fridays i think it tends to come out so that's that that's on there uh but i hope you enjoyed that this so extra mile this is the unedited bit i'm gonna go and put on my uh gonna put on my uh coffee coffee i think i need a coffee i ran out of coffee halfway through and that was really annoying no coffee oh hang on hang on making a coffee uh, 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 uh. There we go. Hang on, uh, almost done. Get in there in a second. Too many sugars. I put too many sugars in. We're gonna have to deal with it. Deal with it, Michael. Deal with it. There we go. Uh, and what is today's cake? This is exciting. Oh, cake of the day. The cake of the day is um. It's a uh, vanilla creme crown. I love these. Uh, they are, it's kind of a round, flaky pastry. Pastry, it's a pastry. It's golden brown. Uh, and it's got uh, kind of almonds on the outside and kind of a kind of a, a swish swash of icing. But it, it, they seem to have been a bit mean on this one. And in the centre is kind of a vanilla cream custard. God, they're good. God, they're good. And even worse, there's two there. They've, they, they, you can't get them separately. I've asked, I've screamed at them. I said, "Can I have them separately?" And they were like, "No, you have to have two which means uh, I have to eat two which I will do. Well, you know I will. I need it after that. That was exhausting. Trying to deal, trying to deal with the difficult words on here, but also we're in a bit of a storm at the moment 
So it was nice last night. The boat was rocking back and forth as it normally does when me and Eva are on the boat. Um, but no, it's rocking back and forth. And I was trying to record and then everything in the boat moves and it makes sound. So not only have you got the... Which I'm going to have to work out how to edit that out or work out a way around it. Uh, but also everything creaks. So everything was knocking and banging. It's hard to record when you, all you can hear is knocking and banging. So for... Oh, oh, my computer just switched off. Or did it? Hang on, hang on. Oh, oh. No, it's fine. It's fine. Right. Uh, but everything's going well here. All good. I hope you enjoyed that episode. That was an interesting one. Uh, I came across that a long time ago. Um, uh, I remember seeing it on the telly. and I didn't really know much about it. I only knew what the kind of the newspapers had said. But as always, it had been overblown by the newspapers. But the more you look into it, it's, it's kind of... I always thought people had died, but apparently people didn't die. But, you know, this is one of those episodes where someone doesn't need to die for it still to be quite interesting. And also I thought to myself, this is something different to what we normally do. do you know, there's no serial killers. There's no kind of family domestic crisis you know there's no gang gangsters it's uh something different so this is this is kind of changing it up but uh that's all good uh everything's going well here i'm trying to keep to my uh strict uh routine of so instead of just doing ten thousand steps a day i'm i'm cracking that up a bit so uh i'll be doing yesterday i did uh twenty thousand steps and i did another 20 before and then i, I did thirty two and a half thousand on sunday because that was my, i took a day off that was nice so I'm pulling in uh, uh, 125,000 steps this week, which means I will be above uh, half a million for this month. And yet I'm still a fat bastard. Hurrah. Uh, although. Hang on, do my coffee. It's coffee, so I don't need to let it stew. And yes, you'll be delighted to know it's instant coffee. Don't seem to, I don't seem to like. I find I find the the proper coffee a little bit too strong for me. So I like I like the old wartime instant coffee. I quite like that. Uh, so yeah. So I'm still a bit of a fat bastard. But apart from that, that's all good. All good. Even though my shorts, I'm down to the last rung uh, on my belt. Not the not the fat rung, but the thin rung. So I'm gonna have to make an extra rung because my shorts are falling down, which is a good sign. That means some of my gut is disappearing. Uh, before we get into everything. Just a quickie, just just some uh, birthday messages. Uh, happy birthday, Amy. Happy birthday, uh, Bob. Uh, happy birthday, Rich. Uh, happy, uh, well, belated birthday to Bob and Rich. I think it'll be Amy's birthday by the time this episode goes back, if you're listening to it on that day, which you might not be. Uh, happy birthday to the Rudit as well. Belated birthday to the Rudit. Uh, so what, what, what shall I say? What shall I say? Um... Uh, as mentioned, this was uh, quite a complicated case. The, the really hard thing about this was going through all the details and then trying to uh, um, piece it all together because it's some of the articles were badly written by the tabloids, but then other articles were that I was going through, like in the medical journals, were written by doctors. And the problem with doctors is they like to show off to their chums. When you get a medical uh, article, it's not written... So people can understand it. It's nice when you find a doctor who can do that. But most of them are like, I want to impress my friends. I want to impress my colleagues. So I'm going to use as many complicated words as possible. And it's just like even just trying to work out what a MAB was, was a nightmare. Do you know? Oh, so 
Hopefully I've tried to make this as simple as possible. So you, I, I thought if I can understand it, then you can understand it. So that's what I've been aiming for on this one. Uh, so we'll get into some extra details about the case that I didn't put in the episode. This episode uh, will probably be cut down as well. So, uh, but if you go, if you'll become a patron subscriber, or you get the unedited script every week, so you can have a go through and go, oh, look, these bits didn't make it into the episode. Um, just to say, I might have mentioned it before. I have mentioned it a hundred times. Uh, Walk with me, new exclusive patron-only podcast. It's just a bit of fun. I record it after I've edited these episodes so it's after i've kind of pieced everything together i've i've and i can kind of give you more secrets into what kind of went into making the episode but also things that might happen so do you know there were some interesting things with the alice gross episode that i'm not going to tell anyone about only patron listeners will know about uh, what happened in that episode and also it hasn't been released at the time that i'm editing this it will go out this weekend but deadly thoughts go out and this is for uh i've got a new tier well, it's not a new tier, but it's it's a tier called the whole damn block. Uh, and I was I, I'd already messaged my uh, people in that tier saying, do you know, I wish I I wish I could give them more to make sure that they had more value for money. And then I thought to myself, what about if I do another podcast? But not something that's really complicated, something that's just good, good fun. So it's uh, it's uh, a new podcast called Deadly Thoughts. Just a bit of fun. It's a murder related cooking show featuring me and Eva Green, of course. So uh, that's going to go out weekly. The The idea with that podcast is, isn't I just keep doing stuff. You, If you're a patron in that tier, you can feed to me. Uh, not feed to me like 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 a, a mother bird being sick into a baby chick's mouth. That would be weird. Uh, it's kind of like, do you know, we have a bit of a back and forth dialogue with it. So if you have some ideas with it and you were like, what about this? What about that? We can all we can all feed into it. So it'd be all it's it's a the idea is I don't. We kind of naturally evolve the podcast and see where it goes. You know, you, if you have some ideas, let me know if you're in that tier. Uh, and also with that tier as well, you get an exclusive Murder Mile mug. Oh, and I've just ordered 20 new ones as well. Oh, exciting. Right. Slurp of coffee. Here we go. Oh. oh. Hot coffee, lovely. Warm coffee, good. Cold coffee, air. Which is why I can't understand people having those, you know, those coffee frappuccino, Ugh, cold coffee. Uh, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do some extra stuff based around the uh, what happened when they went to ICU. Because obviously um, the important bit for the episode we've just done was kind of the precursor to that, kind of the build up, what the drug was about. We did uh, the preliminary stages where the kind of it was a little bit rushed. The assessment was rushed. There, there was no real medical testing. Uh, a lot of people who've been on it before, like David and Raced, had done two before, and they they said, you know, normally the briefing's like an hour, hour and a half. Here, yeah. you get your bloods checked, you get your heart done, you get your lungs checked. You know, they check everything. But with this one, they said it was like half an hour and it was done. Here's a brick of paperwork, dumped it in front of them. I think even Rob said he was like he wanted to read it, but it was it was. A brick of paperwork and he felt embarrassed because the, the doctor was talking to him and he felt rude trying to read this this article and listen to the guy at the same time so he didn't read it and uh, you know they were all reassured this is all fine this is just a normal test and it basically was it went the same way as everything else I think a lot of the uh, uh the, the medical professionals involved in this had become a little bit complacent because it was so generic it was so such a routine trial but unfortunately as, as you can see a small mistake goes a long way so um so 
we're going to jump it. Uh, in, I didn't really put much of it in there, but um, uh, Raced and Patient 007, who were the placebo patients, they'd received the, the base. It was just basically saline, which is why they had, they had no side effects at all, except obviously anxiety, because watching all, all this going on, they must have been absolutely terrified. But um, uh, Ray said uh, he was sitting there for about three or four hours watching all this going on. He, and I've mentioned in the episode, he said he felt like a ghost. Everything, Everyone was rushing around and literally he was just being ignored. They hadn't got a reason to go and check on him. Um, and then at one point, a nurse came over and said, uh, OK, uh, go and get yourself some food and some drink. Uh, uh, go and get your bag and your clothes. Uh and he did that, and then when he came back to the ward to collect the rest of his stuff, he said it was like it was a ghost town. It was like all the patients had been moved to one ward, and his was now empty and dead. Uh, and then he was sent home. And at no point did any of the uh, medical professionals check him to make sure that his wasn't delayed. It was just like they, they saw no symptoms, so they were like, okay, go home, which is uh, a bit crappy. Uh, but anyway, let's go to 7 o'clock onwards. So this is 10 hours after everything had started. Uh, all of the patients, uh, we've had that brief respite where the steroids have done a little bit of good, but now all of a sudden everyone's going into multi-organ failure. Uh, so you've got six people deteriorating really, really fast. As mentioned, uh, Ryan was the first. He's finding it hard to breathe. Uh, lungs are collapsing. Uh uh, you know, uh, because because there's because there's no oxygen in the blood going around the system. Obviously, the lungs aren't working, the liver's not working, the kidneys aren't working. Everything has stopped working. Everything is just so they're getting having to get all these machines on board just to help these guys fight whatever is happening to them. Uh, about eight o'clock, they called uh, Doctor Ganesh. The name I mentioned earlier on. I was practicing it last night. Really struggled with it. Uh, I I I I made a college who had who had a much longer name than that. We always used to call him T two. Everyone was like, "Oh, where's T two? Because T two is easier to say than his name, which was about my longs. My name is long, but his name was like about thirty thirty letters long, and he was he was just like, "That's that's too many syllables." I think there should be a law that states you're only allowed two or three syllables in a name. Anything more than that, and you you have to cut it down. Uh, so uh, all the patients were moved to the intensive care ward. This was abs- This was luck. The fact that they were on the second floor, the Par Excel private wing was on the second floor of Northwick Park Hospital, and two floors below was the intensive care ward. Absolute luck that they had that. Uh, so the doc- uh, doctor Bradford was able to run down. He said he grabbed the first two doctors he could, and you know. NHS doctors, great, they know their job, they've got experience, they turn up, they were like, okay, you need that, that and that. Interestingly, in the book, uh, supplied by Parxel, in there it said large doses of steroids uh, would be uh, a solution to this. They were right, but Dr. Uh, Ganesh, da, 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 let's let's call him, call him Dr. Ganesh from this point. He'd actually worked out later on that actually steroids gave you a temporary respite, but actually it caused the patients to actually get worse. Um uh the the hospital at uh it was a medical emergency uh, um 
Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, the patients had actually collapsed by this point. They were going in and out of consciousness. Uh, I believe that some were point. I think I think it was Ryan who was put into a medically induced coma at this point to try and help him uh, recover. They'd all got extremely high fevers. Their organs were failing. Their bloods and fluids were leaking out of their lungs. Uh, they had fans on them constantly to try and keep them cool. All had oxygen masks on to keep blood going into their system uh unfortunately by this point the hospital didn't have enough spare kidney dialysis machines these aren't things that you just happen to have lying around uh so police fans from across the city were alerted to collect dialysis machines from dis- different hospitals and bring them to northwick park uh it was a, a as you can appreciate this is a major emergency um and it looked like a lot of the patients were going septic in ryan's case he had uh hence he uh he lost uh, some of his fingers and toes. Um, uh, Doctor Dr. Ganesh and his partner Nikki Panoska. The other that was difficult to say. Doctor Nikki Panskolitis, consultant hemato oncologist. Even that was that. That probably took me five minutes just to say that bit. Uh, and the practice did as well. <laughs> um, uh, they they got they got together. She, uh, they were on the phone together, and they were like, oh, you, "What is this? What is going on?" Do you know, because they'd looked at the paperwork to do with the drug, but it it just didn't make sense what was going on. So uh, they were trying to work out whether it was an infection, but it didn't look like an infection. Uh, they tried steroids, and that's when that's when they worked out it was a cyclonic storm. Uh, let's go into more of the details. I don't know whether I did. I use all the details about. The relatives turned up, so Rob's mum turned up about 2 a.m. Uh, she was called at about 2 a.m., um, called in the middle of the night. She had to come all the way from Bristol, uh, which is in the southwest, uh, to Northwick Park. Uh, they said uh, the doctors were saying, uh, uh, this is possibly your goodbye, uh, that the, the, the person may die. Uh, when his mother, when Rob's mother arrived, uh, the look in his eyes told him that he was in a bad condition. Uh, he said, uh, I now know that I was very puffy because of the steroids. The whites of my eyes were orange because of the toxins. I didn't look well at all. Uh, with the same with uh, uh, David Oakley, his partner Katrina was called at 3.30 a.m. Uh, the problem was they, uh, because Parexel hadn't taken down a phone number of her, they really struggled to find a contact detail to get her to come over so when when she was called she obviously raced over said he 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 looked really bad he was disfigured he was on a ventilator he was fighting for his life um uh the fluids inside his body had made them bulk up which is why they were referred to as uh, the elephant men because like their bodies were like almost double uh, in some cases triple their size especially with their heads as well because a lot a lot of the fluid had gone to their heads uh, there's, there's apparently there's only one photo of uh, one of the patients, which was Rob, that was taken inside the ward that day. Uh, although it's never been released, it is being used as part of the uh, the the trial for this, but it was never released to the press. There, there, there's a version of what they look like, which I've uploaded to Patreon, um, but uh, there's nothing else uh, on there. Um, to Katrina, the doctors had said so. She. She got there around uh, uh, 4 a.m. She said it was gloomy and dark and I was wandering around the hospital hysterical. One of the doctors explained that they were on machines and they had tubes going in and were really swollen. Uh, They prepared her for the worst because uh, they weren't a pretty sight. 
Uh, they said they were doing their best, but they didn't know what the chances of surviving were. Uh, despite warnings, <laughs> uh, Katrina was shocked by the experience. Uh, she said uh, David's head looked like a ball and his eyes were like slits. Uh, his stomach was completely swollen and she thought... <coughs> oh, I had a sneeze coming for about a minute then. Uh, and I thought, bless me. <coughs> Second sneeze. Oh, that's the problem with being light sensitive. Oh, just blew my nose. Oh, that's a little treat for everyone. Uh, she said uh, his stomach was completely swollen and I thought his he had his hands over his stomach until I saw them over his sides. He was shivering and his whole body was vibrating. Um, a lot of the details we get from Fanwe, he was there. Um, she said, uh, at that stage, I didn't think too much of it. And when the phone rang at 3 a.m. on Tuesday morning, I thought it was him. And I said, hi, you're up late. But it wasn't Nino. It was a nurse from Parexcel. She told me Nino was in Northwick Park Hospital and he had a bad reaction to the drugs. No shit. Uh, I knew something was up, uh, but she refused to go into details. She just kept saying, he's very, very sick. You'd better get here and they will explain everything to you. She leapt in her car and drove straight to the hospital. Uh, by the time she arrived, which was around 3.30, Nino had been sedated uh, because he had become too distressed. Um, she was not allowed to see him for an hour as consultants explained that the anti-inflammatory drugs appeared to have had a reverse effect on the volunteers, causing uncontrollable swelling. Uh... uh uh, my friend we said her partner Nino had been left looking like an elephant man all puffed up uh, his face and head had swollen horribly and there were now uh, a weird uh, it was now a weird purple and yellow colour his face had, I've, I've done most of this in the episode let's just see if there's any bits that I didn't use uh, no I, I want to move on just because there's, there's a big bit that I didn't do at the end um so, uh, da, 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 ba, ba, ba. uh, yeah, yeah, it was the next, so, uh, next morning, obviously, uh, do you know, uh, the, the phrase elephant man has already been used, uh, um, uh, all the press pick up on it and all of a sudden it becomes a big story and everyone imagines, uh, even, uh, I think Rob says, um, that everything was exaggerated. We were just very puffy and bloated pump full of steroids and liquids our eyes were orange because of the toxins Ugh! oh boat just went past too fast and bashed my boat not bashed into it it's just the the oh, dickheads not learning to drive properly and it's windy weather as well Twat. anyway uh he said uh, as, as soon as she made the elephant man remark everybody thought we were melted toxic waste um, uh, but he said that's not true we were we were swollen uh, beyond recognition but we still recognizably human uh, said uh, long before uh, long before uh, before long there were reporters and film crews outside the press were like lunatics hanging outside the hospital Rob said I had a little TV in my room and my family didn't want me to watch it because because it was like they're in a critical state some of them could die uh, they thought that if you hear that, you start emotionally gearing for death and you're more likely to die. I never thought I was going to die. I'm not a pessimist. Uh, but if you look at the uh, 
the the newspapers for the time i've i've put one in the patron thing which says it was a sun headline it says uh, we saw human guinea pigs explode no you didn't nobody exploded at all but that's classic sun headline where they just write any old shit and then people go oh they exploded oh human elephant man exploded uh, it's because it's easier to sell a newspaper if you put shit on the front page um uh, there was, uh, as mentioned, there was a, a criminal investigation the very next morning. So literally 24 hours after the trial had started, uh, the police contacted the MHRA, which is the regulatory body, uh, and a, a specialist crime unit uh, called the Director of Inspectors for the MHRA. Uh, they seized everything, took that to double check for tampering and neglect. Uh, the drugs were seized and everything was put into sealed bags. Dr. Bradford said, a few days later, I was told I couldn't go into my office because the police had sealed off my desk and bin. The health secretary was called for an official investigation. Police were looking for someone to blame, an idiot who had given the wrong dose. But everything we did followed protocol. If it's written and you're a doctor, and you, that's it, isn't it? So uh, it was never, to be honest, it was it was never stated in here who it was who said, to put them in uh, 10 minute intervals uh, with the full doses within six minutes so do you know uh, that's what we don't know at this point it was never really it was never really uh, mentioned in any of the uh, the paperwork that I've seen so they obviously they couldn't blame Dr Bradford for it the um, it looks like it, it could have been something that Par XL just hadn't like whoever wrote the paperwork that that was given out with it obviously made a bit of a cock-up a small cock-up but it had massive effects uh, uh, what we got? What we got? Hang on. Uh, just get it. Ba, ba, ba. As mentioned, all of all of that for for two weeks afterwards, all of their bloods had to be filtered twenty four hours a day. Uh, their immune system was basically shot. Their liver and kidneys and lungs were failing. Um, but you know, they started to improve slowly but slowly. Uh, we've mentioned that uh, uh, David mentioned that their bodies were like like he lost 13 kilos within eight days that's ridiculous uh, and they, they said we had no muscles left because you appreciate like uh, all the blood vessels are eating all the muscles so they had literally nothing left um, uh, so this is where I wanted to get to afterwards oh, spillage of coffee because of the dickhead and his speeding boat. Right, this is it. So afterwards, uh, Nav. Uh, this is uh, Navneet Modi, also known as Mav. Uh, Nav. Uh, eight months after the trial, uh, Nav is still suffering with uh, problems after the trial itself. Uh, he had uh, problems with his bowels and his urine. Uh, he was desperate to go home, um, but he didn't have uh, because he didn't have the money. For the treatment, obviously, he didn't get money for that. Uh, he, uh, what was the bit I was looking for? Um, uh, he hoped to go back to India, but he remained in the UK for tests and treatment. Uh, he doesn't recognise himself these days, at least physically. This this is an article from um, like a year, six months to a year afterwards. Uh, since the trial, he's managed to put back on 13 kilos. Again, he he lost as as much as David did. He has stomach problems, am, uh, amnesia, and is exhausted. Uh, for the first two or three months, he says he could barely walk. 
I couldn't even iron my own clothes, couldn't cook for myself. Uh, everything I did made me tired, even watching a movie. Beforehand, I had so much stamina, I could work 24-7. I once remember working through a 36-hour shift. Uh, I, since then, I've had a complete blackout twice, and I've forgotten words. Uh, where were we? Uh, obviously, uh, he uh, he didn't tell his parents because his parents were in India and he didn't tell his parents that he was uh, doing the drug trial because, as mentioned at the start, he, he wanted to get a ticket home to see his family, but he was you know, sl- too ashamed to ask his dad for the money. Um, but he's, uh, because it was all over the newspapers, his, pe- his parents actually found out what was happening and they, they were quite upset with him about this. Uh, he said he used to be full uh, of fun and adventure. I'd be out partying and clubbing. I wasn't bothered about taking the risks. Uh, uh, I bought gold then stored it, then sold it, made profits and losses. I was quite mischievous. Now I'm a very sober p- person. Um, mischievous was better. Uh, 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 Modi was planning to settle down his parents had hoped to arrange a marriage for him uh, but he has told them he is not ready Uh, I don't want to waste he said I don't want to waste someone else's life it it could be that nothing happens to me but you just don't know Uh, I didn't say that to my parents exactly back home it would be difficult for a widow to remarry uh, the doctors told him that he must stay here for tests for at least a year after the trial. He said he is lonely, bored and tired. Uh, as for Rob, Rob was the actor who just come back from America. Um, uh, he uh, uh, um, Initially, the uh, patients in this got a £10,000 payoff from Parexcel, uh, which uh, was a bit of an well, not a bit of an insult, a massive insult for everyone involved. Uh, but he used that money to hire a personal trainer, as you can appreciate he's an actor, so he wanted to get himself back into shape. Um, uh, he Initially, his name wasn't mentioned in, in uh, any of the articles coming out because, as you can appreciate, he's an actor. He didn't want to be associated with being uh, known as an elephant man if you, you know, you're going to go off to be an actor. Uh, but he said... Um, uh it i i've quite often i've lost my train of thought uh, it's one of the downsides my memory keeps cutting out and i feel spaced out all the time um rob didn't think he was badly affected although he remembers being shocked uh, when they inserted the wires and tubes into him on diana dia, diana dialysis not dialysis that's different but six months on he worries about everything uh da, 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 da. For uh, over the past few days, he felt something weird around his heart and isn't sure whether it's a palpitation or in- indigestion. Um, uh, with David, uh, David Oakley was uh, diagnosed by Doctor Professor by Professor Powell uh, as showing early signs of lymphoma, lymphoma, uh, which is a type of cancer, uh, f- uh, and they f- as they found irregular cells in David's immune system. Um, obviously he was, he was absolutely worried about this because obviously him and his, uh, w- girlfriend, uh, fiance, wife to be at that point were hoping to have children. Um, uh, he was, uh, training to be a driving instructor around that time. That's why he was, they were going to get married. They did get married in the end and he was training to be a driving instructor. Uh, but he said it, it, it's very hard to concentrate on things at the moment. He is the same as everyone else. He's kind of really struggled, was really struggling with kind of, um, just keeping a single thought in his head. Um, 
looking at the details now, he it's uh, he didn't end up getting cancer, which is great. He eventually did get married, and they have, as far as I know, had a, a, a child or two pe- uh, two children, as far as I know. Uh, so he seems to be doing okay. Um, Nino, uh, I haven't got any more updates on Nino. Uh, he was able to leave the hospital within two weeks to recuperate at home. As far as I know, him and Mafan, we are no longer together. Uh, but he, as with the others, you know, he plagued by uh, inability to sleep. He had nightmares. A lot of them suffered with uh, anxiety afterwards and constant breathlessness. Uh, and as mentioned, Ryan Wilson, who was only 20 at the time, was in hospital for four months. Um, uh, he suffered heart, liver and kidney failure, pneumonia, septicemia and frostbite-like symptoms, which turned out to be dry gangrene, which resulted in his toes and sections of his feet being amputated and several fingertips fell off. Um, he said, uh, I'm still haunted by the words of my father, who told him the night before the trial, don't do it. <coughs> Your body is a temple. Um, after 21 days, he was still in critical con- condition still in the ICU uh, Rob went to see him but Ryan was unable to speak his fingers had blackened by that point and there was no hope of saving them uh, what else is there um, obviously lawyers got involved at this point uh, uh, trying to um, see if the, the you know if the men could get compensation for what they'd suffered uh, but it, it ended ended up being a really, really long and overdrawn kind of uh, process. One of the big problems was that the MR, MHRA, who's the regulatory body, they uh, did an investigation into this. And everyone who kind of read it just said, you know, this is a bit of a whitewash. Basically, they're covering the arse of Parexel and all that and just saying that everything is fine. Uh, and here's some recommendations for the future. But, but there's no one to blame here. Um there is i might upload this there is there is the report that you can have a look on there you can have a look online there's the the report is available on there uh Paroxel issued a statement but again that statement as well was kind of a bit of a you know um that uh same as the mhr recommendations that doses should uh from now on not be given to other volunteers all on the same day that everyone should receive lower doses uh, that all high-risk trials should be placed in hospitals, uh, and this was, would be adopted by the European Medical Agency as well. Uh, they admitted that there were some failures in the report, um, uh, a failure to complete the full medical background of, of the trial subjects in writing and the medical history of one volunteer was not updated. There was no contract in place between Tegenero and Parexel at the start of the trial and only a draft contract between Parexel and the private laboratory which was used. Two volunteers were allowed to leave the trial before it was confirmed if they had received the placebo. Uh, Parexel failed to review Tegenero's insurance policy to ensure there were no exclusions in it that would impact on the volunteers. Um, One of the doctors involved in the trial did not have adequate training or experience and there was no 24-hour medical cover. As mentioned, uh, uh, Tegenero, the German pharmaceutical company, went bankrupt uh, owing to the uh, insurance that they had. Uh, It emerged that Tegenero uh, had insured the volunteers for only £2 million. Uh, The lawyers for this said any lawyer worth their salt will tell you this is a ridiculously small amount. Uh, We insure... Uh, uh, for about nine million pounds a case 
that's just the lawyers, not the medical people. Um... Uh, there's a little quote by Dr. Bradford here. He said, I am proud of the way the team kept the men alive. We could have had six corpses. Uh, one man had to stay in hospital for a couple of months and another was kept in for a few weeks. The other four were stable after about 10 days. The worst affected patient lost his fingers and toes and they were all told they could be more likely to develop other diseases in the future. This was the fear for all of the men, was not just the, the physical ailments, but, you know, because their immune system was weak, what other, what other diseases and infections can they get? And imagine what it's like for them right now with COVID going on as well. Uh, the investigation, the Duff report, took several months. It found no negligence, but made 22 recommendations. Laws have changed around the world, world as a result of the trial. You can't dose all of the volunteers in one day anymore. Uh, that was the last first in-man trial I did. As doctors, we swear to do no harm and I felt guilty uh, every day for years. I told myself, myself I should have given lower doses. I should have somehow known they were too high. But other doctors told me uh, it could have been, it could have easily have been then. I thought about the men a lot in the last 10 years. I would love to know how they are I don't think they would want to hear from me. Uh, I'd like to look them in the eye and say sorry. Uh, and that's it. That's it. As, as mentioned, the, the drug uh, was has re, been re, renamed uh, TAB08. It was trialled in Russia. Uh, they obviously used a much lower dosage. Uh, and it is now effectively being used to treat cancer. Cool, dear, that was a lot. That was too much an extra mile there. I think that was an extra mile overload. So I'm not going to waffle on because I've got a coffee to drink. I've got a, 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 a creme crown to tuck into. That's next. That's going to be shoved straight into my face. I don't think I'm going to chew or swallow. Uh, and then I've got to edit this, which is going to be a bloody nightmare. Right. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we got a two-parter next week, I believe. I could be wrong. Uh, but it's a very interesting one, a very different so I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please stay safe. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.